Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. Okay, so kids, I need your help today. So there's a picture, kids. Who's that? Who said that? Ben. Well done, Ben. That is Horton. Catch. That is Horton. Horton is an elephant. <laughs> Horton was discovered, well, written by, yeah, written by, created by Dr. Zeus in 1940. And he came into a book and it was called Horton Hatches an Egg. The egg, actually. And it's all about Horton. And he goes and this bird cons him into looking after her egg. And she goes off to Palm Beach and rests, and he sits on the egg for 51 weeks. Long, you must go read the book. And eventually, he hatches this egg. She sort of arrives on the scene and wants it back. And it's a bird elephant and goes to live happily with Horton. Then the second book, and in that, in that book is a quote. And he says, I meant what I said, and I said what I meant. An elephant's faithful 100%. Very good, hey? And then the next one he wrote was Horton hears a who. Horton hears a who. And Horton is the only one who can do what, kids? What does Horton hear? But what's a who? A human like me. Did he hear a human like me? Children, I need your help. Was it a human like me? No. What sort of human was it? How big was the human? Tiny, tiny, tiny. Lived in a speck of dust, this human. And it lived in Heuvel. Heard of Heuvel? <laughs> lived in the town of Heuvel. And Horton looks after this speck of dust because he says, a person's a person, no matter how small. So what is Horton? Horton's an elephant. Simple mind, but a heart of gold. He's brave. He's compassionate. He's forgiving. He gets mocked in when he's sitting on this egg. He gets mocked when he's looking after this, this little speck of dust that no one else can see has got human life on it or life on it. And he doesn't care. And he forgives. When people mock him and they're nasty to him, he just forgives and he forgives and he forgives. I asked somebody who loves books, Jess Roberts. I said, how would you describe Horton? And she said, loving, determined, and honest. He sticks to his beliefs even when it is hard, whatever's happening. Cool, hey? How much we can learn from Horton. Then a book came out this year in about May, June, called You Are Kind, featuring Horton the Elephant. There's the book. I can't, it's not in South Africa. I can't find it. But the first sentence in this book, listen carefully. You are kind. You are an amazing friend. You always listen. If there's a problem, you help fix it. You stand up for what is right. You teach that everyone matters. You protect those who need it, no matter how small. What a way to live, hey? 
being kind. How often we say, God bless you. I'm blessed. What do we mean when we say it? What do we actually mean? I was once challenged by somebody, and I said it, and they said, what do you mean? Just because you're getting something, you're blessed. What if you don't get something? Are you then not blessed? Yeah. We want the good life, don't we? We want a good life. But what is a good life? What is, now Christianese, a blessed life? Is it when I have everything I need or want? The right house, the right clothes, the right body, the right face. Then I have a good life. Or you say, no, 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 that's, no, 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 I don't believe that. But is it a good life when everything is going okay? When there's no trauma in my life, when there's nobody sick or nobody dying, then we say, it's a good life. I'm blessed. Is that right? We go back 700 BC. Well, let's go first back 400 BC. The Greek philosophers Aristotle and Plato said, it's not about what you have. It's not about your circumstances. It's about pursuing justice and kindness. And then we go back to 700 BC, and there's the prophet Micah. Who on earth was Micah? Does any of the kids know who Micah was? Nope. Okay, he lived 700, well, 400, 700 BC, so I guess it's okay if you don't know who he was. But he was a prophet in Judah, the t- in, the, in the land of Judah. The, the northern kingdom had been conquered by the Assyrians, and Micah prophesies, along with Isaiah and many others, that Jerusalem is going to fall too. He also prophesies that a remnant will return to Jerusalem after 70 years. And kids, guess this, he is the only prophet who says where Jesus is going to be born. So where was Jesus born? Children, where was Jesus born? In a stable? Yeah, where was the stable? Bethlehem. Okay, that little one stood up. Come. I'm going to (laughs) throw. So what did Micah say? What did Micah say? Let's go to Micah chapter 6, verse 8. We're thinking about what is good, what is blessed. Micah 6, verse 8 says, He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. So what is a good life? A good life is a life offered, laid down for God and for others in justice, kindness, and humility. And I want to focus today on that one, that word kindness. Love kindness. In today's world, do we love kindness? And so, because we're in our series of maturity, I'm talking maturity in our kindness. Just after Jesus had died, well, not a little bit, about the second century, people were very suspicious of these Christians. 
leader had been crucified by the Roman authorities. How could they follow a leader who'd been crucified? What's their motive? Why the strange behavior? Why did they prefer to die rather than renounce their faith? And why on earth were they kind to people who hated them? Why were they kind to people who persecuted them? So I ask of myself, and I ask of you, and I ask of the children, are we known for our kindness, for our unusual kindness? Not you're kind to me, so I'll be kind to you. But you hate me. You say horrible things about me. You cut me off in the traffic. You do this, you do that. You, you hog the coffee shop at work. Whatever it is, you don't give me the promotion. Do we respond with kindness? Kids do, yay. There is a need for kindness, a desperate need. There, this is a mean world. There's a lot of suffering. So I want to challenge myself, and I am, and challenge you as well. Are you standing in the gap to show kindness where it's undeserved, especially where it's undeserved? So let's look at what is kindness. And firstly, I have to say, because I think this is how the world sees it, it is not a weakness. Kindness is not a weakness. Luke 6, Jesus says, love your enemies. Love who? Your enemy. Do good. Lend, not receiving, expecting to get back. How are you doing at loving your enemies? Person who's really nasty, really evil. Do you love them? Do I love them? Can I generally say I'm being kind back to them? Is that easy? No, it's not easy. We need the Holy Spirit. There's no ways we can do it without it. And that's why in the list of the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22, one of those fruit is kindness. Because we, it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do it on our own. You know what happens when we do it on our own? We're nice. We're so nice. But we're not kind. It's superficial. Nice comes from a Latin word which means ignorant. Think about that. Kind is when I see the wickedness. I see the hostility, I see the unfriendliness, I feel the pain, and I choose to be kind in return. Yo, we need the Holy Spirit for that. We cannot do it on our own. We make a decision. Colossians 3 verse 12, Paul tells us to put on kindness. It has to be consciously thought about. Lovely story, and I'm sure we all know it, but just to remind us, Way back in Samuel, chapter 2, of, uh, 2 Samuel, chapter 9, verse 1, is the story of David and that unpronounceable name of Mephibosheth. You have to say that fast. Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth, can't. In that verse, verse 1, David asked, Is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? And that word kindness is chesed or mercy. Who was David? He was the king of, king of Israel. Who was Saul? 
Saul was the king before who did everything he possibly could to kill David. He pursued and he pursued and he pursued. He did everything he could to kill David. Jonathan was his son. And Jonathan honored David, but once his father, he had to side with his father. He had to fight with his father. It was in every right, especially in those days, when David came into, into power to obliterate the whole family of Saul. That was what kings did. You didn't allow any of them to succeed. But here's David seeking out, looking at his enemy, at what his enemy did to him and saying, who is there? Is there anyone I can be kind to? And this young man, Mephibosheth, was the son of, of Jonathan, and he was crippled. And David brings him into his home. He makes sure he gets all his inheritance, and David is kind. In the face of wickedness, David is kind. So where do I start? Where do you and I start with kindness? And I like that. I go back to that first sentence in the book. You are kind. You are an amazing friend. Now, being an amazing friend, if you're being kind, is somewhat to someone who's your enemy. So you're an amazing friend to your enemy. You always listen. Always listen. If there's a problem, you help fix it. Now, I want you to keep on thinking. Not It's easy to be kind, well, relatively, to our friends and those we love. Think about that person who you don't feel like being kind to. You stand up for what is right. You teach that everyone matters. Everyone. That person is horribly different from you. So awkward. You treat them as if they matter. You protect those who need it, no matter how small. Ask ourselves now, as you sit there, who is there? Who is there in this month of December that I can choose to be kind to? Who I don't feel like being kind to? Who is there? And I, I hope every single one of you has someone who God is putting on your heart and saying, be kind to them. Be kind to them. And I have to say, especially for the children and especially for the parents, you'll all say, yay, yay, Lainey. Kind can speak a strong or hard word. Psalm 141 verse 5 says, let, this is David, let a righteous man strike me, it is a kindness. Hebrews speaks of God disciplining us. So kids, when your mom and your dad say no, when your mom and dad say that is enough, when your mom and dad say stop that behavior, remember this, they are being kind. They are being kind. They're trying to teach you how to become more like Jesus. Kindness can say a hard word. It's not nice. Oh, everything's fine. No, no, no. It speaks the truth in love. So what is kindness? It is not a weakness. Secondly, kindness is not an action. It's part of our nature. We already said that it's, it's part of the fruit of the Spirit. And one of my favorite movies, I watched it again last night and I didn't cry. I lie. Bawled my way through it. It's called Les Miserables. Les, 
Les miserables if you can't speak French. Les miserables. And I urge every single one of you to watch it. It is the gospel. It starts off with this man called Jean Valjean, and he is a convict. He's been imprisoned for 20 years for stealing a loaf of bread. And it's his day of freedom. And he goes, and he's the guy who's chasing him, well, the guy who's imprisoned him and who hates him, says, you will always be on parole. You must always check in. And he goes up into the hills, and he's just, everyone, no one wants to give him work because he's got this piece of paper. No one wants to help him. He's destitute. He's bitter. He's angry. How can this word, it's just not fair. This is all I was doing. Angry, angry, angry. And in these beautiful hills, there's a church, and the minister takes him in. And the minister is kind to him. He feeds him. He looks after him. He gives him a bed to sleep. But then when he was in the, having that meal, Jean Valjean saw where the silver was kept, all the beautiful silver. And he gets up in the night and he prams, he steals all the silver. He puts it in a bag and he goes. And the gendarme, the police, catch him. And they bring him back. And they say, here he is. Just say the word and he is condemned. He says you gave him the silver, which the, the pastor, the priest had not done. But the priest, in an act of kindness, in an act of grace, says to the gendarmes, of course I gave it to him. In fact, he went so quickly, he forgot these, and he takes these large silver candlesticks and adds them to the bag. And they can't do anything. They go. And, and the priest says to the man, this is your chance to life. Start again. And the movie unfolds with how this bitter, hurt man becomes kind to everyone he meets, even to his arch enemy. And you have to watch the movie. I won't give it away. What happens with that? He is kind to the very, very, very end. Such an example of being changed from the inside out. When we are changed by God and we receive his grace, we become kind. As I said earlier, we can fake nice. Counterfeit kindness is manipulative good deeds. So I'm going to be nice to my mommy because then maybe she'll let me have the extra cookie. That's not kind. I'm going to give lots of Christmas presents because then maybe I'll get lots back. That's not kind. It's giving to those who we were most unlikely to give it back to us, where you give them a gift and they sort of go, for me, because they know that is being kind. How, how are we challenged by this today? I found this verse, I'm reading Job at the moment. You know, when you find a verse you didn't know was there, I found another verse that wasn't there. I swear it wasn't there before. Job chapter 6, verse 14. Job says, He who withholds kindness from a friend forsakes the fear of the Almighty. Hey? And we sung about it today. If we understand who God is, it says who we forsake the fear of the Almighty. When we understand who God is, holy, magnificently, magnificent, 
greater than even our vaguest concept is. We, we prayed about that this morning in prayer meeting. When we get that, and I think we get it sometimes and then we forget it. When we get that, what is our response? Gratitude. Wow, God, you are so immense and yet you care about me. And as we sung in that last song, we, we re, it results in we adore you, adore him because of what he has done and who he is. And when we adore him, we, we have gratitude, we adore him, we are filled with joy. And when we're filled with joy, what happens? We become kind. Have you noticed when you're down and blah, do you feel like being kind? No. But when we're filled with gratefulness and we're filled with joy, we become kind. So if you look at yourself today and you say, but I'm not kind. I'm, and I've heard people say, I'm not naturally kind. No, we're not naturally kind. But we don't stop there. It is not okay to say, well, I'm not a kind person. It is not okay. So we have to ask ourselves, if I'm not kind, have I lost my joy? If I've lost my joy, have I lost my gratitude? If I've lost my gratitude, have I forgotten who God is? And get that right, and we will be kind. But we have to say, as a point three, kindness wears down. It wears down. What wears it down? Resentment, hatred, jealousy, bitterness, pride, arrogance, disobedience to our parents. It's in the Bible, kids. It wears us down. You can go and read in 2 Timothy chapter 3. We run down. And I've already said what we do. We go back to God. We go back to God. Last week, Johan spoke to us about being in the presence, awareness of the Holy Spirit. So when we know, we can see we're run down, I'm not feeling kind. What do we do? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we go back to him. Refresh me. God says, Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. We can't walk around faking it. Because if we go around faking it, it's, it's, it's a waste of time. I want real kindness that comes from within. Come back to the presence of the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, show me, reveal to me who you are. Choose to be grateful. Joy and kindness result. And I also want to suggest that not only are we built up by the Holy Spirit, and that's our go-to place, we are built up by each other. Hey, When we come together corporately like this, in our home groups or in a prayer meeting or in a theology or the men's meeting on, on, on the 8th, what can we do? We can encourage other, each other about being kind, seeing kindness in each other and be stirred by it. How is that person so kind? And I'm sure all of you here can think of, they're always so kind. Lord Jesus, I want to be more like that. Help me to be more like that. And then finally, kindness is the Savior, Jesus Christ. When he, we sung, and that song of Tanya's, so that she wrote, said this, why did Jesus heal the sick? Why did Jesus touch the lame? Because he had compassion and he overflowed with kindness. 
When you read the Gospels, there were times where he was, there were people all around him all the time, pushing and shoving. I mean, we've seen it with our miracle guys around here. Everybody wants a piece of them, don't they? If I can only get to the front, if he can only touch me. And we think of a sale, Black Friday, what happens? People don't care about each other. They push and they shove. We don't do that. We do. We want to be at the front. We want to be in the front. And people were doing that around Jesus. I would write, look, leave me alone. Give me, give me, give me some, play, some space here. No. He'd just say, let them come. And he'd overflow with compassion and kindness. What an example. When the fire, sometimes he stood and he, it says the crowd was so much. Sometimes he stood in a boat. Why? Just so that he could stand and not be pushed over by all these people wanting, wanting, wanting a piece of him. And there's so many examples in the gospel. Just some of my favorites. When the, the, the adulterous woman, he reacted to her with kindness. He treated her with dignity. He told her, go and sin no more. But he treated her with kindness. Do we react, go sin no more, and we forget about the kindness? We become so self-righteous. The Canaanite woman, she came and she said her daughter needed deliverance, and Jesus ignored her. Yeah, how could Jesus ignore her? But he did, and you read it through, she persisted. And he said to her, first ignored her, and the disciples said, please tell this woman to go away. She won't give up. And Jesus said to her, it's not my time for the Gentiles. I'm here only for the Jews. And she said, but even the dogs under the table take the crumbs. And he says, your faith has made your daughter well go. She, is, she has been delivered. Kind, 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 kind. Just someone he was not called to. He chose to be kind. And then, of course, his ultimate act of kindness Jesus Christ, fully God, but fully man, took on all my sin, all your sin, all the sin of the world. He took it on in total and utter kindness so that we can have a relationship with him, so that we can be kind. We, I have to read from Ephesians chapter 2. Let this sink in. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 7. But God, but God, being rich in mercy, and that word mercy can be interpreted kindness, being rich in kindness, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Hey, Jesus died that you and I might have a relationship with the Lord God Almighty in kindness. He poured out his grace upon us. In kindness, he showed us how it's done. 
We read the Gospels and we read how Jesus showed kindness to everyone. And so he gives us his life in kindness. He demonstrates for us in kindness. And he gives us the Holy Spirit. So it's not about me trying to suck up kindness. It's about me yielding to the God of gods, the King of kings, that Holy Spirit that is living in us so that I can display the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I can display kindness. How are we doing? How are we doing on the kindness? So as I finish off, three questions. Maybe, uh, Tanya, maybe we can play, you can play that, your song. Three questions, vital questions. One, do you know Jesus? Have you accepted his act of kindness? Because if you haven't, I am sorry to tell you, but you have no relationship with God. You might be praying for, with, to him. You might be reading your Bible. You might be sitting here today. But if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, a personal decision, you are outside of him. And you will remain forever, forever outside of him. Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to do that? And I urge you, if you know, but that's me. I have a semblance of religion, but I have not accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I have not accepted that ultimate gift of kindness. Please, don't go. Come and speak to one of us today. And then for those of us who know Jesus, do we know his greatness? Do we need again to come under and say, but who are you, God? Reveal your greatness to, to me. Because I know when he reveals his greatness, when we are stirred by that, and can I say, it's not a once-off thing. It's not a once-off thing. It's over and over and over. Show me your greatness. Because then I will overflow with gratitude. I will overflow with joy. And I will overflow with kindness. How big is your God today? And then finally, the Holy Spirit. We spoke about it last week. We cannot do life without the Holy Spirit. He comes to live in us when we're born again. But we can resist him. We can shut him down. You can say, no, nah, I don't want to do that. When he says those awkward things, go and say hello to that person. Give that person 500 rand, whatever it is. No, nah, I don't want to do that. No. Allow him to speak. Hear him today. So let's stand, let's sing the song. And whichever of those three, whichever category, and I challenge you that we all fall into one of them. Maybe even two, maybe all three. Don't say it's not for me. Allow him this morning to stir your heart. And may this December, LRC Church, may people say, why are you being so kind? And you can share, I know a person, and he can change your life forever. Let's stand and sing.